step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Look, tap in, nigga, log in. Smoke a lot, radio, we going all in. Uh. Tap in, bitch, log in. Smoke a lot, radio, we going all in. Tap in, hold log in. Smoke a lot, radio, we going all in. Uh, the squad making sure we all win. Smoke a lot, radio, we going all in. Zilla, I'm the host with the most smoke. Rolling up the most dope. Kato got the most dope. Simone Taylor, keep it sexy for the grown folks. I'm OG, tone low, bouncing on them ghost folks. Smoke, we the number one podcast. Some other shows, all trash. Amber Rose, all ass. Smoke. Broadcasting live from the coast, sick committee with the jokes. Come and get your ass roasted. Kato for you, nigga. Review my foul. How to show up on the net. You other niggas is clowns. Pulling buckle niggas' cars, pulling whole skirts up. I'm the king of one liners. Y'all got what the fuck? Since we stepped up on the scene, we got the haters' attention. Only bosses on the set. You other niggas is mentioned. For your back for interviews, nigga. Boss up your views, nigga. Fuck your crew, nigga. Who is you? Uh, coming through with the block report. The real spill, cause niggas know I got reports. Uh, about to give you what you're waiting for Simone, Kato, and Yuck, we about to take the floor And we back like we never left Other radio shows, they getting put up on the show Every time we step out, you know we fresh to death Here to take our brain today, ain't nothing left You bitch! <laughs> Hey, hey, who is these niggas? Y'all talking about? They gonna get on smoke a lot with they 400 followers, 17 motherfucking view having ass. Fuck, these niggas crazy than a mouth. These niggas crazy than a mouth. Fuck. Hey, hey, Simone, what she got with? Oh my mama. Hey, tap in, nigga, log in. Smoke a lot, radio, we going all in. Hey, it's your host with the most cool. I don't smoke, yuck, mouth in the motherfucking house with the illest nigga in Nebraska, B. Catophonia, oh my mama. Oh, smoke a lot, radio, you know what I mean? With another motherfucking episode, man, we got a super duper celebrity, one of my brothers from another mother. You know what I mean? Me and his brother have been on the road, man. Me and his brother have did songs, man. He a legendary artist from the South, man. You know what I mean? Give it up for my fucking young bleed man you dig young bleed what's good what's hood with y'all man much love y'all you know we go a minute days many ways kato good to meet your family man, what's, man what's all up? Up? No? i just got i just gotta let 
I just got to let these motherfuckers out there know in podcast world, who that say they want to do that? That's up. You get your ass beat, blue, black. Blue, black. Ugh, do it to them. <laughs> That's who that is. That's Problems that. was the remix. This the original. Hey, he know it too, man. All the way on that wild west coast. I appreciate on that. my mama. Hey, man, speak, speaking of that, man. Let's take it back to the beginning of Young Bleed before who that, you know what I mean? You know, before that. You know, let's take it back to the young, young bleed, the actual young, young bleed, you know what I mean? Let us yes. know how you got into rap and how you got into music, you know what I mean? What led you to, you know what I mean, making a uh making the music with C Loke and then eventually hooking up with Master D, man. Give us a breakdown of how you even got into music like as a kid. Your yes, influences sir. and shit. You know, like I know yuck, they say rap mean rhythm and poetry. When um mm, yeah, rhythm and poetry, you know what I mean. So on that level, I tell everybody I was born this way. You see what I'm saying? Mama read me Dr. Seuss when I was still on the inside. My uncle played drums, a whole set congas and bongas and all kind of you know Africa. They don't play nothing plugged uh, plugged up. Um, the, um, African finger piano, different things like that, and just acoustic instruments. So um. You know, he, um, yeah, he used to play them drums a lot when my, in my mama pregnancy, and she said they used to bother. So, you know, when I come into the world, by the time I was eight months to the year, I was reading Dr. Seuss. By the time I was four and five, I was playing a whole set. So that rhythm and poetry was there just from, from the gate. Then just so many ways and people throughout my family. My granddaddy played blues on the piano with a harmonica partner on Fridays, but he never made records, you know what I mean? Everybody in the family was talented, church talented on up. So that type of thing, music was there, and of course all the old records. So as hip hop was, was brewing, you know, I was brewing too in them 70s, mid 70s, only to the late 70s until with the 80s grew to you, what they call the golden era, you know, the East and it hit the West. So, you know, I kind of caught the middle of that from both sides of the game, you know what I mean? Growing from that as a kid, started writing about um, nine years old in the fourth grade, you know what I mean? And just so many crews and just trying to build and opposite of California and New York without that access other than rap a lot in the 80s and Luke Skywalker records for guys that was coming out of Louisiana. So I had a partner, you know what I mean? I grew with CeeLo, you know, since middle school. You know, it was just time to be a DJ. I was the rapper, I battled and all that type of thing at lunchtime and wherever. So that was our whole thing, but we kind of separated in our teenage years, you know, got, got off into, you know, the street thing or whatever and leaked back up later, right before 20 years old, somewhere around that time and was still holding on to the same thing. I used to, uh, well, my first production was a tape right to sell in the corner and the liquor stores and, you know, whatever consignment at the big mines and pop record stores um, that I had put out a year or two prior to him starting CeeLo Records. And he got back to it, but now he was doing the rap thing. And we linked back up in the hood some kind of way and started to build that company and that brand. Um, but somewhere along the lines, um, between New Orleans and Baton Rouge and just the networking, him and Pete connected with each other. And of course, naturally, you know, we was fond of each other clicks. So we started making records and doing different things and, you know, into the how you do that, so on and so far. But that's just a kind of quick summary of the whole evolution from music into the C-Low concentration camp, no limit thing, you know? <laughs> so it's safe to say, you say it on those Fridays, you and the family, you went, you went, you went, you went, you went, you went mania on us. I want to get back to the family functions on them Fridays. Okay, so your yeah. Main, 
Yeah. Your main inspiration, though, when you got to doing that music to see when it's time to perform on that Friday. What was your first Friday when it was, you know, he ready, you ready to show Uncle in what you got? You felt folks well, to what you got? Well, on the Friday, you know what I mean? Um, speaking of my granddaddy time, it was a time before yeah. my time. You still oh. But later, you know, he ended up going blind. So I was just seeing that dog to the grave. His name was Good Bleed. That's what, you know, you'll learn later. That's why I got so when he said a young, young bleed is really off of my granddaddy name and me being a kid about nine saying, hey man, hey papa, you know, one day I'm gonna be a rapper and I'm on a record company to this day. Yeah, so it comes from granddaddy and just that whole essence in the DNA for the uh, music on um, both sides of the family. So all that was there. Look, he was cool with um, remember Rudy Ray Moore, rest in peace with was cool partners. You know, oh. yo, yo, Dolomite used to come Dolomite. through Baton Rouge back in the days and different things. And even, you know, later on with the new Dolomite movies, I knew some OGs that knew him. I, unfortunately, I didn't get a chance to meet him, but I learned uh. But I know him and my granddaddy ran across in life or did something or whatever, knew each other at a certain time. So, you know, all that type of thing was kind of... Uh, man, look, you know what I mean? Uh, my, my, my uncle, um, under my grandson, his junior, it's called Peter Weestout, the devil's son-in-law, man. So off the Peter Weestout movie, and you know the old Rudy Ray Moore flicks, Dolomite, the whole nine. Yeah, yeah. You know, kind of essence and um, blow fly shit like that. You know what I mean? Right. Was, um, so um, but um, you was asking me something, trying not to get the point. <laughs> trying to ask you a question, Kato. I see y'all smoking. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I just know you know you say fact that uh, the music, the whole music uh, inspiration came out the family. So I had just yeah. got the vision of like those Friday Sundays when the family around the food. Right. It's like you want to show them your new drum thing. Your, you know what I'm saying? So I had that vision right there. Okay, well yeah. Look, to answer you all the way, man, it was maybe some of them times because like I was saying is this where I, I went off at. When he was still around and he was blind, he still kept that essence of the blues. I used to hate the blues as a child because he'll make oh, me. Oh, okay. Over nah, man, over. Don't, don't hate on the blues. Nah, nah, nah. <laughs> I'm a blues baby. You trust me. I listen to Robert Johnson and Smokehouse and um. I'm fucking with you, bro. I'm fucking yeah. with you. I'm just playing. I know you know. No, but um, <laughs> you know, but just saying this, I grew to to love the blues and all the time. when he couldn't play, he made me play my records, and them records stick with me to this day. So. It was those times where, you know, we did the Michael Jackson Prince thing, whatever form of talent. They had called me out to the living room and do certain things. I had my pops had certain partners that knew I was rapping as a kid. And before, you know, they'll leave the house. Hey, man, bust one for me. So that was in a given Sunday, you know. And so that yeah. gave encouragement as a young kid that these OGs, you know, they got to see this shit. So, you know, and, I, and that morphed into everything else. I did. But yeah, but, but to answer your question, yeah, man, that was in a given Sunday. Okay, so let's go back to UNC Logue in high school, man. Was y'all a rap group in high school? Did y'all used to battle niggas at lunch? Like, how, how was y'all rapping in high school, man? Well, middle school, really. Like middle about school, the, middle school. Yeah, middle yeah, school. Yeah, 11, 12, somewhere like that. Really, it was just a rumor around the school. It wasn't a rumor. We talked about it, you know, and I'm sure you went through the same kind of experience a million times. You're gone. Well, he was my DJ running around middle school, but we never did a talent show together. He never had no turntables. I had real young homeboy DJs in the hood that was my DJ since kid, but he was one that in the time of life and, you know, I'm going to my new whatever, you know what I mean, uh, you know, sixth, seventh grade year, and uh, this what this my, what my focus is, you know what I mean, on um, far as still pushing, you know, the dream that we push. But saying that to say this, 
So we never really did nothing like that past middle school. But I battled. I've been battling since elementary school. Yep, you know what I mean. Before I could write, I probably could rap in 82, but I didn't know how to write it. And you know what it is to write a tongue twister, catch your rudiments and all that, and cadence all at the same time. I was just learning that. And what taught me to do that was poetry. You see what I'm saying? So I had aunts and, uh, and aunties, well, aunties and uncles that used to write poetry and mama and different things like that. Then I had a poetry teacher in the fourth grade. And when Ron DMC dropped that, that's like 83, when they dropped the self-titled first Ron DMC record, I redid, um, rewrote like um, Wake Up off the record, but I made it into what was in my family, what was in the community and had the opportunity to turn that into the poetry teacher that, um, that had this poetry book that they was putting together going around to all the elementary school and it wretched our state's capital when I was about nine years old, you know, that I wrote and the rerun DMC that I did, the wake-up joint, um, was in that book, the way I constructed it, and along with other kids in other elementary schools, but that was at the time in our city, our state's capital was like the tallest building. So to reach that that young, gave me a little confidence to keep going. But um, yeah, but me and Lope never, like I say, more or less in life, didn't ever do a time. I did talent show and different things. I was more the rapper, and everybody knew that in the town ever since a kid. But um, like I said, we separated somewhere between after middle school. He went to a different high school and, you know, different parts of town. So we'll reconnect somewhere between 16, maybe 17 years old. You know, I was out, in, you know, doing my thing and all that kind of shit. You know, she's young with a baby on the way, that kind of shit. So I was hustling. Ooh, uh, we reconnected like that. You know what I mean? On the hustle side. But we're still with the rap dream. And, uh... He, you know, picked me up one day and, and, and brought me on. Um, we went by a studio and started letting me know what he was working on. And we started to collectivize from that point on back to what we was trying to do since middle school. Yeah. Okay, one more thing, man. What was your first rap, man? We asked Drew Damn, what was the first rap that he ever wrote? <laughs> what was um, the first rap you ever wrote, my nigga? <laughs> man, it probably was a million things. Yeah, um... I started a lot like Ron DMC. I had a homeboy named Darian Williams, man. Um, that me and him was formulating Ron DMC as kids. You know, we had a group called Silk and Slum. Off my OG um, cousin, um, Silk and Slum. So we took his name and broke it in half. You know what I mean? And um. And actually, I was the slummer cat, so I went with Slum. That was my first rap name. So maybe the first rap that I wrote, if it wasn't that wake up, um, yuck, it was somewhere close to that in the fourth grade, man. But um, yeah, one of those or something. But yeah, you made me think way back. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. And I know you. I know you was in a lab before. How you do that? So, uh, so, so, what did you have any albums out, or was you just doing songs at that time? Um, I started recording really for the first time yeah, about 11 years old when I started writing that man about two years before I started getting in the little home studio that we had in the city and um so you yeah. was Lil Wayne out there huh <laughs> you was like hustling flow you know what I mean one of the first you know what I mean but um yeah, doing that type of thing, you know, and just having to kind of find a background, musicians and different people like that I didn't know existed homeboys appointment which side of town and where to go so yeah, I made a lot of records, but I didn't print my first record to that tape I'm talking about. And it was a tape called um, When Dirty Harry Me Sally, man. Cause see, for what we all know, long back then, uh, early 90s, just like 90, 91 or something like that. You know, I remember a cop 
cop, you know, a couple of cop killings with a couple of my homeboys out the neighborhood that was that was unjustified. So I wrote a song about it, you know what I mean? Then I mm. had, on the flip side of that, I, I sampled this Barcade sample. And that song, they rotated on AM radio three, four times a day, you know what I mean? So, yeah, so that was like my first out the studio release. Then, mm. by the time, that was like around the same evolution of me and Lowe coming back together. So we started actually, he was pressing his C-Lo, you know, um, ruckus. Then we started to combinate, you know what I mean? Um, right in the essence of the camp and all that. And we started to print ruckus then. So other than that, yeah, other than that tape, um, that'll be my first uh, publication, man. Yeah, probably about 15, 16 or something like that. Okay. When you, when you got when you got to the point and you made, and you finished recording that who that? Yeah. Did you instantly know, like, this is that motherfucker? Like, so that motherfucker is transcending everything out of the whole No Limit catalog? Yes, sir. I don't really know what stand out more than that song. And that uh, the other one that, that everybody do, too. Yo, it's another one that everybody done remade. Not 99 something. Uh, no, no, uh, I'm talking about the beats they done remade, nigga. Oh, yeah, niggas done remade. Man, but that, because that, on the West Coast, California, when that joint dropped, and you yeah. know, y'all, you know what I'm saying? When y'all was blazing up and killing the game, you know, my side of town didn't have really no representatives because he was over there working with y'all, Snoop Dogg. You okay, know what I'm saying? Yeah. He was over there with y'all. You know what I'm saying? I'm LA. So okay. that was one that we leaned on on Crenshaw and on certain streets, like, what probably yeah, did it? No, he is. Oh, I'm original. Yeah, you yeah, know what I'm saying? Probably, 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 probably reminded me of that I'm from the dopest age of hip hop. Right. When he remade it. Right. Because mm -hmm. I don't, it's just that feeling. I don't Look. know, and the flow and the cadence, like you were saying earlier, any South Central motherfucker you meet, Los Angeles gonna know, we linked oh, on that joint. We linked that on that joint. Look, I'm, I'm, gonna gonna tell you too. I'm gonna tell you why you love it. And uh, no disrespect, okay. I know, you know, um, um, yep, from up North Cali, Oakland, you know what I mean? I love Oakland like I love LA. Y'all ain't showed me nothing but love since the 90s, since I started coming out that physical, man. So I done rolled from San Bernardino, up through Bluff Creek and yeah, all that kind of shit. Yeah, we damn near by San Bernardino right now, man. You just called us out. Damn near, yeah. That's up, right on. Yeah, I love California, man. So check it out. Let me take y'all there, man. You might might not know this. I'm gonna tell you the whole inspiration to that and why y'all love it so much, y'all. This parliament, you know what I mean? Snoop Man was fucking with the parliament, so I took him out. That was in my soul, in my head, that kept, you know, shit. It wouldn't leave me alone. So it's one of them funky things off the Motor Buddha Fire record. It's the bass line. Um, the drums is from my Uzi Wear the Tongue, Republic Enemy. Then I flipped some other drums. Wow. tracks switch, okay? So that's East and West Coast. So like I say, the way I got the game, I gave the game back. Come on. Fuck you up. More importantly, LA is King T. I was gonna sound for the King T, the actor fool. That's one of my McBride, King T. Uh, Shouts out to King T McBride, baby. Hey man, so, Tila, you know, man. That's my nigga Tila, man. Yeah, man. Out yeah, off the top. So when I'm saying I'm been, I'm finna act the fool, it's coming, it come out the King, fool, yeah. King T. Yeah, LA, man, all day. So we call Louisiana baby LA, man. So you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. One of the same, man, you know. LA, Louisiana, nigga. Yes, I had just came from my first Mardi Gras yes, uh, right before the bullshit happened. Yeah. The latest one. I, I and, when, about and when I'm introducing myself to people, 
I'm not saying I'm- Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. I'm from LA. I'm saying I'm from the other LA. You know what I'm saying? Because, you know, we all cousins, grandparents, That's folks, fam. You yes, know what I'm saying? So, I, yeah. you don't get no feeling like the real knowledge. They told me yeah, that. Man. Like that. You got to say it like that. Hey, yeah. You gotta, yeah. You got yeah. to say knowledge and go into the knowledge. store. Yes, Ain't no yes, store, nigga. Knowledge. And everything a cold drink. Love the cold drink. <laughs> man, oh, man, I went and got my sandwiches for the liquor store from the gas stations, all that, all experience. Man, damn Zulu, all that man, but okay, you right, yeah. man. You put a just like how everybody love gumbo. You mix that music just like that for the audio here, cause it right. You landed. This in mind too. While I was learning how to do the rap thing, started recording. I had DJ partners, so I've been doing the DJ thing since a kid. I just ain't take that as the overall. So mixing them, the the music. You know, I stand in the back room. I live like B Street, yuck, but in the South. I had two turntables and a suitcase. Like when you look at the Dr. Dre surgery case with the cartoon cover. I had two shit like that in the suitcase with a mixer built in. My uncle used to ride on the garbage truck. And he found that shit one day in the trash and re-put it together for me and moved out loud. And when he come back, I had went gold. I hadn't saw him since the 80s. But since then, I've been fucking with the turntables and that kind of shit. So... On top of that, it's Earth, Wind, and Fire, and the Reaper Frank. Yeah, with wow. the rock. So all that mixed together, Produced and the, the word just felt, yeah, it came down like it did. And I've been, like I say, fucking with music in so many ways, live to technical shit. You know, it's just, you this know. This is the day for the ADAT. This is the ADAT day. And really, to be honest, me and Happy Perez produced that record before one Beats by the Pound and No Limit enhanced it. So I really produced it. And that's oh, wow. it. Yeah. So that's the whole thing. So I could write. It's like playing rapping to your own rhythm. You know what it is. You know what I mean? So right, right. That, that's the whole essence to that. Mixing the east, the west, and putting it in the soft gumbo pot, man. That's why y'all love it. I appreciate it. Audio that. gumbo, baby. See, see, that was hands on. You know what I mean? That was, and then that's the days of the ADAT. So it probably took yeah. so long to get that track right. Man, you know it. All the shit, and you know what I'm saying, what you got to do for that. Yeah, today right. we doing this. Right, today six, we eight, doing eight, this. Six, today we doing eight, this. That's to make you know that whole saying? shit about the eight, 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 ain't no punching in, lazy motherfucker. Not at all. Man. Ain't no punching in. Know your rap. Yes, sir. Real shit. Absolutely. Yeah, man. Hey, man, so. What this shit called, man? Um. Shit called, man, the, the, the fucking movie. <laughs> okay, so, motherfucking, how you do that? Come out on goddamn Master P movie. I'm about it. 
Yeah, man. <coughs> now, nigga, Master P is like one of the biggest things out of New Orleans at the time, nigga. Out of, out of the whole period, out of Louisiana at the time, besides the cash money. Yes, sir. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Your old motherfucking album with CeeLo goes on this motherfucking soundtrack, man. What was the vibe? What was the, you know what I mean? How was you feeling about it? You know what I mean? Did you get paid a super with your first big ass check? You know what I mean? Like, because this before you even did a deal with the nigga. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah, oh, tell, well, tell, yeah, yeah. Oh. This, this is what even put him in, in the building with Master P. So, tell me how was that experience, man? And, and the excitement, you know what I mean? Around you, the crew, the, the city, you know what I mean? And the label and so on, you feel me? Man, like winning the World Series, you know what I'm saying? What they say, a prophet is no good in his own hometown. You know, when I started coming out there and people start, you know, and, and I take that back in one sense, because my, my hood, city, family, everybody always supported me. That record, the original record you're talking about was number one on the radio station before it took off. So I was getting that kind of, you know what I mean? Um, upstart, you know what I mean? The shows was paying off and all that type of thing. And in the midst of that, we're really... Yeah, off of that record. When we first did that record, we used to, it's one one main club in Baton Rouge called Vibes, man, and we, um, the line would be eight less thick. They didn't let her, I didn't perform, like, um, you know, rid of the original Fool, off the actor Fool, um, to maybe one or two years later. They wouldn't let us in the club because people was tearing the clubs down, so it was ridiculous. It was on its way and just the right place and the right time. That movie coming out, coming out, and when it popped on that, man, yeah, it just, it was skyrocket, man. So like I say, you know, I started taking them trips out there, coming to um, priority records at the time, and we worked out a deal. And the rest, ain't, the rest was history, man. You I mean, the yacht, the boat, the, you know what I mean? The song, so <laughs> far, the reflection off of that, I felt like I could put it this way. Mike Tyson being a, the youngest heavyweight champion ever. I'm 22, 23 years yeah. old. Yeah, man, and it's all, you know, everything Ooh. Everything so, so, you know, yeah. So by you um getting to the label signing, but already had established hit. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? What was the competitive nature over there at No Limit by so many artists and so many different rappers? Yeah, because he over there coming out. He, he over there was already cracking, but he over there with Snoop is yeah, there. But he was there a little before Snoop, right? Yeah, 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 definitely. Yeah, because like okay. yeah, now okay. 97, you 97, no, Snoop, yeah. no, he, 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 no, his joint. So so remember they had to, you know, me and X got shot like this, you know, the mystical was already cracking before he got there when he had y'all ain't ready yet. You know what I'm saying? Before so I'm saying, and all this is Louisiana, so it's a it's a lost part. And chunk of Louisiana motherfuckers don't know about the upstarted certain shit yes. that upstarted these big companies. Yes, indeed. But y'all artists was all because I, I heard a mystical way back when it was y'all ain't ready yet or something. I think that was a joint. Hey, I heard a mystical hey. before that. Like, yeah, before, before like he got over there, and then when he got over like there, it was yeah about ninety four. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. He was killing. So you know, it. I'm saying the competitive nature. Yeah, everybody from Louisiana. All y'all. I don't know from different parts, different wars, stuff like that. But he's from fucking Baton Rouge. Yeah. You know what I mean? And New Orleans and Baton Rouge is two different spots. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So, so he had a competitive nature like with Lil Boosie and them, but they already way after him. 
No, I'm yeah, talking about on no limit. Like he get there. Oh, we no just limit. got bleed. Right, right, we right. just got Miskel. We just got Snoop. But then they right. had that core that was doing that thing right, too. Right, right, right. What was the nature like in those studio sessions? Because all y'all's on each other's albums. Right, so it was right. Always gassing. The twins. Right. I forgot Kane and Abel. You know what I'm saying? Kane and Abel. The Max. Twins. You know what I'm saying? We can't forget. You know what I'm saying? I, 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 I think I had the, the first rapping twins. I mean, I don't know about the first, but he had like the yeah, he had some rapping twins. You sure right? <laughs> he had some rapping fucking twins named Kane and Abel. That was crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he had, had a legendary ass label, man. But uh, what was the competition around that thing? Did you have your chin up? Was your chin down, nigga? When Mystical came in that bitch, <laughs> like yeah, your chin down. When Snoop came in that bitch, you're like, nah, nigga, I'll gas all these niggas. Yeah. Man, How man. was your chin, nigga? When the studio sessions was going on, nigga? they had a dangerous records vibe when you was over there with the man, Yeah. Well, was niggas trying to get some of that? Then Master P six some niggas only on you to battle you because when I got the dangerous music, I had to battle everybody in the studio, everybody. nigga. Yeah, man. So I done had a beautiful, blessed journey, and I done heard st- stories and been around a whole lot of shit, and definitely in the studio. But let me paint the slide for you. The best way I can get y'all an audio visual without the audio, but um, like Mac Chen and Bowdy, I show up like that. So I wasn't around no lemon all the time. We had our own thing, like you say, Baton Rouge and New Orleans, 45 minutes apart. The concentration camp, we was already making our own records. And yeah, right. nobody, when I say that, but just painting the slide for you. Um, so, but I can just, I can tell you this. I remember walking in, you know, No Limit um, headquarters had became, you know, they had moved to Baton Rouge. So that was oh, in the okay. same I'd go around, you know, a couple of times when I needed to do what I had to do. You know, I'd see everybody else when I saw them. But um, I remember walking in one time and it looked like a Muslim classroom in there, man. You know, you see the boys reading the Quran and they doing this and that. And yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> like that. And then in one sense, it was a rush to get on them records. Pete standing at the door. Pete be, be looking at you out the side of his ass. Cause he finna catch a red out in the middle of the night and be back in California tomorrow while the rest of us and whatever going home. So imagine that kind of pressure that but. Me saying the separatism, I wasn't directly under it. I was under the gun when I was there working. He was on my ass too one night, I never forget, to finish yeah. the record so he could turn the record in. So, you know what it is, yup, you know what I mean? Maybe you too, Kato, when they say, hey man, you know this 10% business, I mean 10% um, talent and 90% business. On oh, my mama. Yeah, catching up with the plane and being, like you say, being on time and different things like that. Once it starts, it's a fast-moving-ass treadmill. And if you can't stay on it, you're going to fall out. Y'all talking them dogs, how you take a pit and put in the box? Yeah, you're going to run him, you're going to run with it, and you're going to run him to duck. One of the two going to happen. So, you know, it take real thorough players, you know what I'm saying? Right, the maneuver. Yeah, it look easy, but hey, man, I get my exercise and airports, train station, bus station, carrying luggage, <laughs> hopping all the cars, and yeah. On oh, my mama. All right, man, so it was, it was a big-ass tour, man. You know what I mean? Was you on that No Limit tour? The um, recent one? No, nah, not the recent one, not the re- reunion, the first one, man, the one that Snoop was on and the drama happened out here um, in L.A. Okay, nah, well, you know, kind of like always, like I say, one night um, we was in Houston together. And on that tour, that was the only time, if not another time, maybe Team Summit in New Orleans. But um, when Snoop first came down, yeah, I did that night with him, but the rest of the shows, nah, I wasn't there. 
They don't know, Team Summit do tours. That was the shit. Yo, the, the Biggie Small tour that we was on was a Team yeah. Summit tour, my Team nigga. Team Summit was the shit. Yeah, BT. But Al Heyman did it, though. Al Heyman, the dude that managed uh, Floyd Mayweather, was putting up all the money. He still put up all the money for the big-ass tours, Live Nation and shit. So Al Heyman did that tour. But it was a uh, motherfucking, like you said, Team Summit. Straight up. In the Superdome, man. We was live in the Superdome. My first, and I want to say, only time performing in the Superdome. So it was a big-ass show. You know, the, the show in Houston was a big-ass show. And I remember him introducing Snoop. It's coming in No Limit. You know what I mean? So, yeah, it was a nice thing. Man, Snoop did a joint on the low, man, when he came down. When he come to Baton Rouge, we met in the flesh. We had been trying to reach at each other when I first started coming out there. But we, we met in the flesh. You know, Dad's my guy, Trey D, you know, all them boys. We got rappers together um, and things like that. But, um... We met on that stage that night. I want to say, me, Dad, Snoop, and his pops, or something like that. And it was letting his me know. Uncle, his uncle, his uncle. His uncle. Okay, okay. Uncle Jumba. Uncle Jumba. Rest in peace, Uncle Jumba. Yep, it wasn't uh, his uncle Jumba. I uh, think that pops, I could be slightly mistaken. But in he Houston? walked into in Houston. He was with him or something. It was just okay. him, Dad, and yeah, I think he oh, said it. Pops. He a short, kind of old dude, you know, brown skin. I remember that's so on the night I met him. And he pointed and showed me where Snoop was on the back of the stage. So we chopped it up, swapped numbers, and he said, you know, I'm going to be out there. And he showed, called me, um, I can tell you this, on that, what, what's the record he made? Um, the game is to be sold. You know, he gave me a shout out on the record. But That's my shit. That record. Yeah, That's yeah, yeah. Snoop dope his albums, nigga. Niggas be disrespectful. They be sleeping on that one. When he went over Look, there, nigga, I like that, that don't let go. That's my <laughs> shit right there. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. When he went over there, <laughs> niggas kind of like, ah. He ain't with that, bro. Man, Beast so on the they gave it flavor, Yo, man. They got that boy some shit. That was season of salt. They gave him some season of yeah, salt. Yeah, salt. You know what I mean? Everybody was used to him hand in glove with Dre, so once you get a signature, yeah. you know What's what that it one is. he did with, uh, with goddamn C Murder? Strictly for my niggas, cause I'm down for my niggas, right? Down for my niggas. Come on, let me walk. Them knowledge bands can kill that man. That song lives forever. That was the one. That was live music, man. That's the second we were so used to G funk and Parliament out of Snoop. So when it took him out the element and that flow, able to transcend with the seasoning salt. Yes, come on, man. Oh, uh, yeah, it's Gumbo, man. You know, he made some nice records over there with No Limit, but in that time, we recorded a joint that didn't get on the record for whatever yeah. reason. Yeah, and it's that type of thing. But Snoop been my guy since back then. Then Daz did a few records with me, so, you know, shout out to them boys. I sure like to hear them classics, man. All right, so let's get the balls in my work. Yeah, man. How was it working on that album? Did you do it in-house with Massive? I mean, did you do it in-house with, with, with C-Lope or did you work with that with uh, Beast by the Pound and Massive P and them? With C-Lope and um, Happy Perez, you know what I mean? Um, okay. Yeah, um, in-house. So, but later, it's like three or four unreleased songs that we substituted. I really turned in a whole album, you up like 14 joints that didn't include No Limit. But nothing against him. I tried to reach at Mia to do a Bunny and Clyde kind of joint, and that that never took place. So, like I said, we was in and out. That was thing. We had our thing. We were connect. So I was trying to make certain moves and wasn't at the so table. You, you know, him and Lope was more at the table with each other while I was working on them records. So. Uh, in the end, when it was turned in, we substituted a few songs and incorporated P and the mystical and the fiend, the time so hard, you know, rest in peace to Pimp C, produced to bring the noise with mystical and uh, P on it. 
So, you know, Pete gave me a few records, man. And, um, Sweet Jones. Yeah, yeah, you know what I'm saying? And I was those with the records. Yeah, you know what I mean? And we wrapped it up. And I want to say, P is on Keep It Real. That's a Habit Perez track. So it's really like about three if four beats by the pound track on that record. Everything else was Habit Perez. So them beats by the pound, did, did you work in the studio with them or they sent it? Like, how was it? Um... Yeah, I think I had, you know, of course I had to do the remake again on the How You Do That, which was our first studio experience together. Then those three joints I did, I recorded, and of course with Snoop. So, you know, and um, different things. You know, them my guys, man. I talked to Moby recently, KL, you know, probably a year ago. And okay. everybody else, yeah, Greg beating them. So, you know, it's it always been love, but you know the politics to the game. You have everybody doing their own thing. And we get a chance, we get together. But it was always a beautiful thing anytime we was in the studio together. Definitely. Okay, man. Uh, we're going to address the elephant in the room, man. BET, the Yo. No Limit Chronicles. Did they portray you right in the No Limit Chronicles? <coughs> man. The no Limit Chronicles, a whole little documentary. The doc. Yeah, the doc that was on BET. Were you and satisfied? Was it VH1? Was it Hulu? It was on B. I think it was BT. Or Netflix. It was on something. VH1, one of those. But the Chronicles of uh, uh, No Limit. Did yeah, it portray you right and did it portray the record label right? Um, why well, I say this for the fans, it's bittersweet. But for we but for what you know everybody thought, and it's a good thing, you know what I mean? Um, you know, I never officially signed to No Limit. I signed directly to Priority. So, oh, I, uh, so you had to like the, the goddamn the game when he was with Fifty Cent and them, but game was really signed to Drake. Yeah, but he was right, with right. G on it because he was signed to Drake. Yes, sir, absolutely. So in that same sense, for the fans, it's bittersweet. They feel like I'm cut out. You know what I mean? But for what I know. I wasn't really that. My records show up when they showed, you know, the gold record and the platinum record list. So when my records show up, you know, I'm getting them calls and questions and different things like that. But uh, really, I didn't get an invitation. Nobody mentioned that to me. What? Whoa. Yeah, so that type of thing. You know what you I mean? Anthem. You didn't make a song. You made a, a whole the football team, the whole, the whole saying. Yeah. Wow, that's crazy. Wow. That's like not five on like that's the five on it. Wow. That's a five on it. That's, that's a five on it. Brenda's got a baby. That's a yeah, that's one of the biggest on the yeah. fucking label, my nigga. Period. Man. How the fuck you ain't there? They could have no disrespect, but they, they could have not had uh Mr. Serve there or something. <laughs> you feel that you could have been yeah. you know, you know, yeah. He might have been one of them he might have been on one you, of the group joints at the You should have been all through that motherfucker, man. No yeah, at least acknowledgement of the presence <laughs> because of the, the weight that you carried with that, you know, with that movie. Yeah, man. So, you know, that's that's the street talk. But just letting y'all know, you know, we didn't, nobody never discussed that with me. Before I know it was on TV, I looked at it, of course, you know what I mean? It is what it is. I ain't sent you no Master P noodles or nothing. I couldn't get a lobster bisque <laughs> bowl of noodles. I can't get a young bleed noodles, spicy noodles. Man, I can't get a I can't get a manyati. Just get a manyati suit. I got that manyati shoe. Oh, yeah. Look, Eddie Murphy on the golden child, man. All I want is a chip, man. All I want is a chip. I want the knife. Please. You know? Yes, I ain't hear nothing about that till I heard till it.
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It's coming out and different things I've been seeing in here. And that's just, you know, it's what it is. Free C and all that. I've been checking in with C people to, you know, hopefully he come home safe and all that type of thing. So I'm more concerned with that, man. You know, like I said, I pee without against nobody. But, you know, it is what it is, I guess, you know? So you wasn't on the reunion tour either? Uh, man, let me tell you this story. In a sense, oh, wow. um, you know, my name was was in a few places, but the only, it's like the same thing. The only thing I got invited to was the um, Chicago show. So, you know, I did my verse and, you know, got off the stage and everything else was kind of null and void. You know, it kind of came to that end. So like Ice Cube saying, I'm straight out of Compton, hey man. Look, man, I, I, I'd rather get off the bus. Yeah. They, you know, they wow. yeah, We in WA, man. So, you know, I took that approach and left the tour, man. So I ain't heard nothing from nobody. So I don't know what that is at the end of the day. But anytime I was called to approach, you know, I show up and do, you know what I mean? You know, long time now. So I don't know how to call that on the other side, you know? <laughs> so too, too monumental of a record for a little more, not a little more respect in the show. Man, thank you, sir. Just my, my opinion. Yeah, hey, speaking of, speaking of respect, man, we got to address the elephant in the room, man. It's known that, allegedly, I don't know, because I never was an artist there, but it's known that Master P was taking a lot of artists publishing and not giving niggas they publishing, man. Well, this well, is what you, I say. Yeah. You know, everybody got these stories to tell, I guess. For me, like I say, not having that direct with them, I ain't really had that problem, you know what I mean? Right, good business, good business. Yeah, yeah, so I, I can't speak to me, man. Wish everybody well, but yeah, you know, you hear stories. So who's to know at the end of the day, you know what I mean? Right, but right. But sometimes a lot of artists, you know, devil's advocates are, don't yeah. really understand what's going on and then they word is so fucked up and then it'd be their lawyers and the conjecture be fucked up. Yes, and a lot of people, a lot of artists just don't want the headache of giving a fuck and just take the bread and go about their chicken shit business. And then in the end, they find out and then come back and cry wolf. Well, you know, I got fucked. Well, you also bent over and took your pants down. Mm -hmm. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. You know, that's why I say it's the teacher's on at the end. That's, the that's why they want to keep it a young nigga sport, to keep motherfuckers blind and silly. Man, so, let's know. Get, so let's get to On My Own. Okay, yes. On My Own. On My Own. Yes, now, sir. that's an album that didn't have nobody on it, right? Nobody from No Women on it, right? Nobody. The only two um, major artists I had, and here again, shout out to the West Coast, was Daz and Too Short. You know what I'm saying? My yeah, first Daz, show dog, the, the, the West Coast go-tos. Facts. Yes, <laughs> So, you have anybody from the West Coast that can get Daz a show. Factory. Yeah, man. So, you know, and shouts out to them. I appreciate them coming through for me at the time and anytime. So, you know, to the world, everybody thought I was saying, fuck no limit, I'm on my own. But you know what it is to be a visionary. Um, um, Yuck, I know you working on a plethora of, of projects at one time in your right. heat. You see what I'm saying? Right. Now, I got the next three, four albums already named, okay. and who's going to produce them and everything all mapped out. Exactly. You know I mean? So yeah, you gotta have it mapped out. If you're a real artist, my nigga, you don't just yes, do shit yes. on the fly. If you a solo and artist, and you know what I mean? 
yeah, you see with your vision, you, you got your vision and you know what it was. So once I signed that deal, I had like a seven album deal with Priority. That was the second album that I had in like 10 album, uh, 10 album lists. So I just follow my format, but to the world and the perception, everybody kind of, you know, it drew its own kind of line and yeah. I didn't have no more records. I said, you don't know anything about me and, and, and my legacy with um, No Limit. You got to look at how many records I'm on. You see what I'm saying? I'm not on everybody that's as many of the records was coming out, so that draws its own kind of speculation. So, um, in that sense, yeah, it wasn't that aim at all. I was always open to work with anybody that was willing to work with me. So I just followed up my template, man. And um, at that time, me and Short, Short had moved Atlanta or something like that. And I had the opportunity to go down there and record with Short. And I'm bad with guys and all that type of Was he in, a, in, a, in that noontime studio in Atlanta? Noontime? Yeah. It was about a year. We were smoking about 100 blunts, about 50 niggas up in there. It was gutter. He said some niggas wouldn't come to that spot. So if you know about that spot, when he first come down there, like the end of 98, early 99 at the latest. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's, that's before noontime. Mm. Okay, yes, sir. Yeah. So, you know, Shaw come through for me. We did a couple of records. And um, Daz flew down on his own one time and come record it with me for the, my own record. I really so he flew to, uh, he flew to uh, Bad Rouge or he was, flew to Atlanta? Nah, he flew to Baton Rouge. Can't, can't stay the couple. Oh, shit. You yeah. and Daz, didn't y'all have a whole project? Or y'all just had just <laughs> joints? Nah, we was talking about doing one on a couple of his compilations. You know, yeah, his compilations, I remember, yeah. Shit, I release here, re-release, you know what I mean? So yeah, that, yeah. He always double push for me, you know what I'm Only on I'm the left side and some of those CDs, those new 2000 uh, uh, independent dad's joints. Yes, sir. Y'all, right. y'all was linking up, yeah. Yes, sir, yeah. That's my guy, long time old dad's, man. Yes, sir. That deli, the deli, man. Let's get to this third album, man, Vintage, man. Explain the process of that, and then, um, you know what I mean, explain, you know, what, what was the result after that with, with your record deal and everything else. Okay, man, I had the honor and the pleasure, man, uh, recording on, like, this 40-acre studio, man, half swamp land. You know Hold on, that that's uh, the Spike Lee shit? Nah, nah, this was in um, Louisiana on the outskirts oh, okay. of a little country town called Prairieville, but... The man that owned it used to play bass guitar for Andy Gibb and the Bee Gees and he was an old white Santa Claus man he called my white granddaddy that we took to each other like that. And I started using it considered it sometime. I think I wanna even say, yeah, I finished my own now. So for my own writing to vintage, he was really shutting down his spot. He took a liking to me. And it was like, you know, you, you know, I keep it open for you. So that became my headquarters. You know what I mean? I could record that record. So he had a like wood cabin kind of shit. You know what I'm saying? Cribs and you know, on the Fort Acres, you know, main house, studio house, different shit like that. And um he had like gold 45s, yuck, um, a barber strike saying Ray Charles, he had played with some of the best stuff. Wow. So, of the game, that kind of shit. It was in there. I was in back to kind of like a restart. I, um, after I did my own, you know, in the middle of recording vintage, priority folded. But my whole thing was that oh, a new concept and a restart. And I didn't know the restart I was finna go into and back to an independence like that. So having that facility, um, wood kind of cabin studio, you know what I mean? And those kind of records on the wall. Um, 
you know, we used to drink a lot of uh, red wine and different shit like that. I was able to kind of country boy laid back. It was kind of like, um, he was kind of like in the sense like a John Tonster. Um, you know what I mean? While it's here, we had shotguns and could do all kind of wild shit like that and really morphed into a family out there. And we, we, we started to make records, me and my family. And um, homeboys, I call out the city on Tuesday and Thursday nights just to get out the city when the police raids were coming and be back there with me recording. So I was able to make a whole lot of records with talking vintage. I remember being in the middle of that, and um, we walk out, we, we, we went and took a lunch break, one of the sessions, and come back and got the invoice that Priority had folded. So I had other plans in a, a greater direction with that record that was going to include Outcast, Goody Mob, and different things like that. And that, that, that rug was kind of taken from me with the fold of, of priority records. So it, it, it took me back to my old setting. And like I say, in a, re, in a restart kind of um, mode to where, where really a lot of the um, producers that was around me, we had like um, whatever wasn't standard or whatever the time equipment, you know, XB50s and different things. We started to morph and make music kind of like um, I hear Hank Shockley and them talk about. Everybody just get into a groove, DJs in the corner mixing different things and we'll find a sweet spot, play live with the, you know what I mean? With everything that was uh, electronic and start coming up with different records that you hear on that venture. So a lot of that is real live um, saxophone players and you know what I mean? Trumpet players and Going back into that old and new music with live instruments, I wanted to call it that, you know what I mean? Uh, That's dope. So you called it Vintage because you was doing live instrumentation. Yes, sir. Yeah. I got an album called, uh, I'm I'm doing, called uh, Elegant Thug. It ain't going to be live instrumentation, but it's going to be real jazz. You know what I mean? Like like when uh, Guru and and Gangstar used to make jazz and jazz, but it's going to be... Street. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, you know yeah, how to man. do it. You got the street side, then you MC enough to do it on that type of shit. So I can't wait to hear that, man. Yes, sir. Hey, man, speaking of that, bro, you fuck with two of my homeboys in the game, man. I never knew this, man. You were signed to West Coast Mafia, Sebo? Absolutely. You know, that's big bro, man. That's we, the logo, uh, man. Hold up. Swoll up, nigga. You know, that's my thug <laughs> lord, Brethren, bro. I know you were signed to see uh, West Coast Mafia for a minute. I'm finna fuck your head up, man, and bless your heart at the same time. I was in the studio session around 2004, three, four or something like that, yup. And my manager, Paul, at the time, brought me a Murder Dog magazine. And it had a picture of you and Sebo back to back in it, advertising Thug Lords. But somewhere in that, they asked Bo or something like that with some of the artists that he would like to work with. And my name was in that. So I'm a fan of y'all. So I told my people, man, find Bo, man, and see what's happening. Bo was locked up for whatever, you know, he had going on. So um, me and T-Po, man, you know, West Coast. Shout man, out yeah. T-Po. Shout out yeah, T-Po. You know what I mean? Absolutely. So I come on back out there, you know what I mean? He rolled me around, introduced me, showed me what Carson was. I didn't know about Carson, California for a while. So me and yeah. T-Po became homies, you know what I mean? That type of thing while Bo was on. Doing his little time, but the day he was released, I was I, I was working on uh, the Rise Through the Ranks song record. That was my first West Coast Mafia record. Man, T Po did the deal and put everything together. And um, the day he come home was the day we had sent the record back out there to be mastered. I said, "Well, my gift to you when you come home, man, go get the record out the master." 
So whatever day that was, that's how that happened. Yup, with a picture of y'all in there, and that sparked the relationship, and that led me to you. Man. Wow. Inspiration to the Wow. Night. Come on, man. Hold up. Shout out the motherfucking murder dog, man. Yes, See the I connection see. before Clubhouse, nigga. Fuck Clubhouse. We had murder dog, nigga. Murder dog. <laughs> Clubhouse ass niggas, man. Anyway, man. Another one of my homeboy. What album did you drop, though? Was it Once Upon a Time in America? What album did you drop on West Coast? America. America. That was the second one. The first one was um, Rise Through the Ranks, Volume 1 from Under the Capo. Okay, and Rise. I forgot that one. Rise Through the Ranks. My bad. Yeah, that's the first West Coast Mafia record. Then I did Once Upon a Time in America. And I'm the only two records that I released through West Coast Mafia. But me and bro, I just talked to bro probably a few days ago. So it's love and family. I always been. Yes, sir. Hell yeah, man. That boy cooking up all types of motherfucking oh, yeah. fish fries and goddamn shrimp broils and shit, crab broils and shit. That uh, boy Bo is an animal, my nigga. Hey, yeah, um, man, yeah. hey, like, yeah. do you got any, because Bo's a wild one, man. Do you got any stories with Bo, like some wild ones? Because I had some wild ones with that. That nigga's a wild oh, man. animal, man. Yuck, I'm going to paint the slide for oh, you. A studio session, man. It ain't got to be wild. This, this is a dope-ass yeah, yeah, yeah. moment. I ain't no technicality, but imagine yeah. this. Bo, he was coming back and forth to Cali and wherever he was going, and, you know, he had a, a, a sister that lived, like, about seven minutes up the road from me. But when he'll come down there, he'll post with sis, and he'll pick me up like a school bus in the morning. Now in the morning, we finna be picking me up. We riding all day and doing what we do. But strictly to go get us some smoke, something to eat, hit that studio. I didn't know Bo knew what he knew on Pro Tools. This just be me and him. And then he got all the technical shit I didn't know. You know, he had you know, I had beats and we'll put some shit together. So eventually he moved down there for a while. So we was living right up the street from each other. So it was an everyday thing. I just time. I want to say um, he might, I think, is originally from like Ruston, Louisiana. I didn't know that, so we shared a whole lot of time and did a lot of records, you know what I mean? Blood radio. That type of thing. So like I say, when I say bro, you know, I, I tell Bo this and I told him this from the gate. I said, man, I don't fuck with you just because you see Bo. I fuck with you because you're a nigga that was living in North California. And out of all the niggas I feel like an overlooked me, you came way from down there, bro, when I needed a, a little extra push and reintroduced me to that West and bought me out there, bro. So much love. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> so, but, oh, uh, real look, look, let me give you this story. I got one for you. Well, you say the studio, okay. No, 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 no. Give me one of them stories, man. Bo's a real one, my nigga. I got gangster stories, man. Okay. <laughs> I got gangster stories, nigga. Bo ain't no joke. Look, <laughs> on look, the I mic and in the streets. In the streets, yeah, he pulling up like Back. 50 years old, man. Absolutely. Yeah, he, he pulling so, up. I'm, I'm gonna tell you, I gotta tell you this one, yup. You remember when all that shit happened? We was talking about G Unit earlier with, with Young Buck. Oh, uh, yeah, that's right. Like, I had never met Buck in life. So I wake up one day, Bo gonna pick me up like he do. And say, so we finna go to the hotel and, and fuck with Buck. They was doing, it was a dude, rest in peace. I think he from Oakland named Hollywood was shooting a move out there. And, Hollywood, um, yeah, Hollywood, yep. Rest in peace. Rest in peace, so check it out. So they was doing that. I was finna get on, you know, he was gonna put me on the soundtrack. But he flew Omar Gooden out there. Um, and uh, what's my man, uh, who I just say, Young Buck. So I had never met Buck. I didn't know Buck was a part of Cash Money and so on and so forth. So we pull up in the hotel. He come out the room and we shooting the shit, kicking it. They go to the set. Um, I want to say who else was out there, man? Uh, 
come out of G's in them camp. Um, Flood Raw, I met him. He was out there oh, with yeah. me. So, so we all just chilling, kicking it. And um, before we left, we all got us some smoke, about a little half a half a easy. You know what I'm talking about? This um, Bo had rented like this little pickup truck, man, with the little cab in the back. So me and him in the front. Yup, and his manager, um, I don't know if the guy name was black, but he was a real cool um, but we all riding. A buck got him some food or something from somewhere. So we head into the studio, I mean, off the interstate. And um, the police got on us. So you know how y'all California boys do. I just tell Bo this all the time. Say, bro, when you stop at the fucking stop sign, it's ain't California. This the stop. You know what I mean? You, want to go you go gotta go. really stop no for Cali- five seconds. No California yeah. roll. Nah, you can't call it. We call it California stopping when you press the brake and keep going. So, you know, they had got on us or some shit like that. And uh, <clears throat> when they pull us over, look, here go Bo. Bo on, uh, I don't know what he was thinking, but yuck, he jumped out the window and said, hey, man, look, man, I'm C, Bo, man, I'm C, Bo. Look, there's two cops, check it out. Stone face, white man, and a Mexican cop. The Mexican cop looked like Poncho from Chips. Had to have oh, the hell no. Poncharelli. <laughs> yeah, yeah Poncharelli. Prada looking motherfucker. Right, so all us got to have for easy. And we like, oh, man, shit, nigga can't eat it, can't do nothing, we kind of stuck. Buck say, man, I, I can't go to jail, bro. I ain't going to jail. I just can't, or something had happened. He ain't want to go back to jail. So, while we in there, and I'm like, you know, just be cool and see what happens. Try to get the ticket or whatever, you know what I mean? And let's go ahead. When they got to the wonder, that Mexican cop looked in the back and took his glass and says, that young buck sitting back there? You know what I mean? When they asked him that, is that young buck? He said, man, get out the car, man. You know, give me an autograph or something. He said, man, I saw that, that shit that was on TV last night. This was the very next day after 50 Cent put this on the extra. And I, I met but all in the same time. So when he man, put one on extra, you remember when he, when he did that little phone call to me, you know, a few years back? When he was crying. Oh, when Buck was yeah, crying. When he was crying on the phone. <laughs> I mean, so yeah, you know, Buck was signed to uh, the I, I, West Coast Mafia talk. Yeah, 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 I do remember that. And the outlaw. The cops said, look, man, I'm from the hood too. Fuck that shit. Give me an autograph and, man, look, um, you know, you have a good day. Oh, your mother, whatever he told him. And he was such a Buck fan. When Buck thought he was the one finna get in trouble, <clears throat> he the one that saved us. You see what yeah, I'm saying? Ah, shout out Buck, man. Shout out Buck. Look, he said to the cops, say, man, you see that red light? Fuck it, y'all do what y'all want to do. And you know, Bo peeled off like it was a Ferrari or some shit, tan up the street, and we went on to the studio and had a good night, good session, man. Yes, sir. Hey, that's a wild one. Yeah, Bo was mainly, bro. That nigga would have had a high-speed chase. You lucky you ain't had Bo in California. That would have been a high-speed chase, nigga. Y'all would have had to jump out the car, nigga. Let's be running. <laughs> I'm fucking with y'all. Just playing, man. We ain't gonna take Bo like that, man. Real OG. Man, yeah, you fuck yeah. with... Yes, you sir. fuck with another one of my niggas, though, bro. Tech Nine, you inside the straight uh, music, nigga? Yeah. This nigga inside the straight music, yeah, no, nigga. Yeah, do your yeah, thing, man. Yes, indeed. Absolutely. Um, and this family uh, fire, complete circle, man. Shots out to I mean, basically, this is the Travis, the Travis. Yeah, yeah, with, with Travis off top. But my connection there was Dave, you know what I mean? Dave came from Priority. He was the first guy to come greet me. When Dave Mace? Dave Weiner from Priority. Dave, Dave Weiner, right, right. I forgot. Dave Weiner's part of their shit. Yeah, yeah. He was vice president over there, you know, uh, and, you know, that type of thing, you know, whatever they had going on at the time. But 
Nike being a vice president, <clears throat> knew a guy in the street by the name of Chauncey Clyde that, that's a promoter and an up-and-coming artist out that way. It was a partner of mine. We had a record, an underground record we put out, and I guess them riding one day, he got a chance to hear and realize he knew me. And we got back on the phone. It was right coming out that second record with West Coast Mafia. So I got the opportunity. He introduced me, of course, to Trav and then Tech. And um, yeah, you know, somewhere like, what, what, what was that, like 2010 to 2012. I was over there for probably about a couple of years. Yeah, man. What albums did you drop over there? Uh, I just did a record called uh, Preserve, man. And um, I did a book to it. Shout out to Starn Baker, too, man. He helped me put my first book together. But it oh, that's called- huge. Nigga, you put a book with an album? Yes, sir. The Making of Preserve. And oh, I'm, I'm being called preserved, man. But yep, I just did that one record and ran through one time, and you know, in fact, did the same old. Yes, sir. <laughs> oh man, that's crazy, bro. Small motherfucking world, my nigga. Small oh, yeah. motherfucking world, man. It's me, boy. Hey, um, any legendary stories being on them strange tours, man? Because them niggas keep niggas on tour. I know you was on tour with them niggas, man. I know your ass was on that 260-day-a-year tour. They go 260 days, nigga. It's 365. Nigga, they go 260 days a year touring. Tell me about them strange tours, bro. Oh, man, we was talking about y'all being close to San Bernardino. That's how I rode the whole California for the first time. I did like two and a half months with them straight on the road. Every day action, maybe one or two days we took a break. But um, right before that 90 days, 99 shows or something, right before that tour, when Tech did that sixes and seven record, well, I rode that six half, at least half of that sixes and seven tour. And um, yeah, man, um, yeah, that goes so many ways, man. In so many days, it was moving that fast. But um, it was a beautiful tour that long. And it's like it's a crazy middle lane from from what we come from, where it wasn't all the way ghetto gutter. <clears throat> It wasn't all the way suburban white. It's kind of like, I don't but like if you, you you look back into the flower, what they say the flower children days in the 60s, it was like the 60s in the middle lane that we didn't know nothing about. So it was a fantastic journey. I got to see him meet. And, and, and see <laughs> we talking about them juggalos. He, he don't want to say they hippies slash, yeah, yeah, rave hippie. They hated face niggas all in one. Yes, <laughs> real fanatic. Real the new way. No, they nigga. I, I did one show. Yo, I wasn't even part of the tour. I was booked on one of his shows where the tour stopped, and it was one of them juggalo events. And it's like a real like fair. Like nigga, they got the motherfucking Ferris wheel and shit. They got all the shit out there in the crowd. They got all the motherfucking shit. And when you perform, it's hell of the motherfuckers, right? They got painted faces, shit. They grudge all the shit, right? And if they like you, they throw shit at you. Yeah. So yeah. them niggas is throwing whole two liters at niggas. So yeah. I'm on stage, they threw a two liter at a motherfucker. I, that motherfucker didn't bust, I threw that motherfucker right back at a nigga. Blah! Fuck these motherfuckers. <laughs> like, nigga, don't be throwing no two liter up here. You threw that shit from hell far. That shit landed it. You know how two liters slide yeah. and landed on yeah. his back and just, just slid. I grabbed that bitch, frisbee that bitch. Bah! Fuck the nigga up, but... They be throwing shit, bruh. Anybody throw some shit on stage when you was performing? Because them motherfucking juggaloos like to throw shit. I'm going to tell you what happened to me, Yuck, and I'm glad you brought that up. Uh, this See? night I was out there. <laughs> <laughs> I forget what part of California we was in, man, but it was for um, Insane. 
Yeah, Insane Clown Posse show, I want to say. Oh, yeah, that they throwing hella shit at the Insane Clown Posse. That's a throw of it. Ah, they threw some firecrackers at, at Tila Tequila. Damn. Yeah, they, they threw fireworks at her ass, so go ahead. Crazy. But look, I didn't get it to that degree, but what I, when you said a two-liter, it's an annual thing, uh, rather you know that or not. You know, being on stage at the end of their show, I mean, I had some uh, all-white G-Nikes on, man. I had just got them. It was the on wrong ones to have at a motherfucking strings tour. Yeah, the stage is two inches of Fago. So everybody got the Fago shit and they shaking it up and pouring that, throwing it on the stage. That's their whole thing. Yeah, so I, my, my white shoes was orange, pink, and everything else, man. <laughs> sold it up. Yeah, I sold it up, so... Yeah, that part of it, man. And like I say, just, you know, it was just a whole different adventure for me, the whole thing. It was beautiful. It was cool. I love it. The people started to take, um, to me, first it was a slow reaction. You know what I mean? Just being same but different coming from coming from the South and being the only Southern artist on that. So that whole crowd had to take to me. I had to take to them. But some was old, diehard, no limit fans, too. So it, it worked itself out. So yeah, I'm gonna I'm I'm keep it a buck. It's any, it's hella hard to upstage mm-hmm. a Tech Nine show. Tech Nine is so mm-hmm. ultimate in performing. Him and yeah. Chris Calico, and it, that's probably when they had Old Boy, the other one. You know what I mean? Before he left, so they are so they be break dancing, pop locking, and got dance routines, yeah. and they singing they shit without the words, yeah. word for word. It's a Chris Calico's kind of heavy set. He ain't fat, but he's kind, and he's out there like a nigga that's like a toothpick. He moving, he's grooving. It's light shows and shit, all types of shit, pyros, and pyro fire and shit, and yeah. all types of uh, fucking uh, graphics and shit and digital shit going on. So it's hard to upstage that, my nigga. So when you perform before that, it is hard, nigga. I assume you got a lot of phantoms threw at you before they they took a head. You know what I mean? Yeah. So they really fuck with you. Yeah, man. Absolutely. But yeah, that was my inside connection. Daddy finally got me over there. And like I said, I had a beautiful time. And just like the time of the past, you know, um, I was promised when I came over there, I wouldn't have to go through all the things I had been through. The whole thing was to rekindle me. And uh, at the time I was over there, Brother Lynch was over there too as well. Lynch, that's my nigga. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, we redid the How You Do That, me, him, and Tick. So we, you know, I had a lot of plans and ideas that I hope we we could um Simone. You know what I mean? So, but you know, that was it was short lived. Like a brand new gift. Maybe unwrapped. Man, that point. I guess I was in the top in this motherfucker. I gotta move out the middle. She gotta get that middle window. But yeah, man, uh, let us know what you got coming up, bro. Because you, you, man, you've been working definitely, bro. But let them know what you got coming up. The new albums and the new record label. You know what I mean? All the new ventures and shit you got going on. You're out of town right now doing power moves, man. Tap the world in with, with, with motherfucking Young Bleed. What, what you got going on right now and, and your future plans? Oh, uh, man, yeah. Um, since this COVID and everything, man, since November 6th, I put out an EP called Signs and Wonders. That's kind of based upon the times and what's going on. Um, I got my label. Actually, my label was birthed around the same time I signed with Strange to do a co-op deal with them. It was my second label, um, Trapdo Entertainment. So I've been in the works with it for like the, the last 10 or so years. But reboosting the label, I got like um, 25 artists on deck. We all working over here. Um, I done released five projects. Um, as a matter of fact, you know, it, well, you know, 
we different times, man, but it's 12 a.m. out here. So I just released a new artist by the name of Zam Two Turn. He uh his EP dropped tonight called um, Nothing to Lose is out now on all the social media platforms. But rewinding the tape, I did the signs and wonders in November. I followed up with a re-release record that um we put out underground um in 2008 called Young Bleeding Freeze Off the Curb which one is uh, one of my homies out of Monroe, Louisiana. And when he was doing his first album, you know, um, Free is on CEO, Big D, and uh, big brother of mine out there in Bastard, Louisiana, fighting the case. Um, but sad to say this, you know, he decided to, you know, um, to freeze out with me. You know what I mean? When he first came out. So it's a super dope record. It's called Off the Curb. I put out my first group um, from the label called The Younger Gang. You know what I mean? That record is out, and I re-released the Carleone family. Um, that, that I think we, we we originally put it out like 2004, 2005. You know, so some records that people hadn't heard. What I learned yet is um, what's old to us is new to people that ain't heard. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. Heard, yeah. Retro shit is back, nigga. Say that again, my friend. Retro Absolutely. shit is back, Jack. Get in. Yes, sir. So, you know, up until the night, tonight will be the fifth project I done put out since November last year. Oh, next shit. month, um, my next solo, I'm calling There Is A God, man. First time I'm I'm doing the record. You're going to love it. You too, Kato. It's the first time I'm doing the record without the profanity, but it's still hard and it's dope. And um, okay, okay. DOC, that was a DOC. Look, the cover gonna blow your mind, man. I went out to St. Louis <laughs> early on this year and never had went to the arc, man. And um, had my girl took a picture of me standing between that arc. And when you see the formation of the clouds, it looked like the eyes of God. I got a single coming out called In the Eyes of God that I made a couple of years ago, way before this had happened. But I was wondering what what type of cover I was going to use for a title called There Is A God. You know what I mean? But when you see that cover and you see that them eyes, oh, man, it's phenomenal. So I got, you know, some super dope stuff. Um, we cooking up for that. You know what I mean? About 13 heaters if I don't go overboard. But I'm um, trying to wrap that up and get it out sometime. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, he got his projects. I say 25 artists, everybody working, you know, no pressure. As they turn in the projects, I'm trying to keep up with a two, three-week rudiment, you know what I mean, for his arm, um, you know, getting everybody out, you know, hopefully for the years out, man, and along with compilation songs so far. So, you know, label-wise, that's what I'm doing for as myself, as Young Bleed, the artist, the label traffic, you know, um, you know, um, I'm working on a comic book too, Yuck. I need some. Uh oh, help. hey, oh, hey, hey same book. shit, baby. Same get shit. Get together yeah. like X Men and have an uh, episode together for real. Yeah, Combine the companies, cross, cross promote that model. Let them name and shit. Let them talk this shit. Um, I'm, I'm gonna kind of keep the name discreet right now. Like I said, I might need a little help. No. Like, um, you know, shout out Colorado, man. Of course, you know, we got a family that's one of the same. Um, um, CWK Productions, Chris Kleitz, and Papa, you know, Papa Mom out there. Pops, Pops and Moms. Uh-oh, small motherfucking world, man. That's and, Pam, you know, Pam. You see, they dragging Taddy and man. Strange Taddy. Definitely. They talk all the time good about you, Yuck, but saying this to, to see if you know Ben Barnes from out there that got the tattoo syndicate, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, uh, 
It's doing the cartoon work for me as we speak. And um, okay. I'm just trying to build my characterization. Like I said, this is my first time. And I think um, recently, you know, when I talked to you last, I, I learned that you had one and different things like that. So I'm picking up right. on, you know, to get to the side of thing with, with the strands and all that, you know, so... Whatever ventures open up, you know what I mean? We start one way and end up another, man. So I'm going where the good, you know, where, where, where the good Lord lead me more or less. You know what I mean? Man, whenever you finish that motherfucker, y'all need distribution. I'm introducing to the company that distribute me and Ha Ha Davis comic book. Okay. You know what I mean? Appreciate that, bro, bro. Yes, sir. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Definitely, man. Look, give me your social media before we get the fuck up out of here, my nigga. Okay, look, before I do this, I knew I was forgetting um, one thing, Yuck, I want to add to this, and you know about it already. I'm also um, a co-host at a podcast station in H-Town called Banging 832 Radio, man. So, you know. Everybody. Oh, off top, man. Shaq, man. Come on, man. You forgot Shout the main out. club, man. Yeah, you know you what I'm saying? You feel me? You know what I mean? But, um, Santa, to say this, man, every Tuesday and Thursday night, we do New Music Tuesday. Say you know this. Throughout the weekend, throw back, um, Throwback Thursday with, with with legends and all that. Yuck was one of the guys and one of my bros that came through. That's up the cool Joe Goody and you know um, Summer No Limit and all you know. So you know yeah. I, I do that throughout the week, man. In the meanwhile, you know keeping these records pumping. But yeah, I had to mention that banging eight three two radio man. Shouts out each time. Shouts out the banging eight three two. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Social medias, man. Before we get up out okay. here and, and your websites and all that shit, where they can get your merch, your your albums and everything. Okay, um, yeah, man, um, starting with the website, www.trapdoorent.com is the website um, for everything latest and the greatest. Uh, for Facebook fans, man, y'all go to the Young Bleed fan page. On Twitter, it's at Real Young Bleed, and on Instagram, it's The Real Young Bleed. And anything else, Google me, man. I'm out here. How did you do? Google me, dog. I'm at you right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> look, you know, hey. to the young page on um, YouTube too, man. You know what I mean. So I got a lot of, you know, yeah. Gotta get, to, gotta get. To get the YouTube, bitch. What's your YouTube? Um, I'm just Young Bleed. <laughs> young Bleed on the YouTube handle, man. Hey, man, thank you one more game, my nigga. You know what I mean, yo, man, yo, you, you, you always been real since I met you, bro. Like niggas always think it's been. No, niggas always think it's been beef with no limit, man. I really had real relationships with real niggas from low limit after this shit. It ain't no beef. I done talked to Master P. We done cleared that shit up, so it ain't no beef, my nigga. Uh, rest in peace to motherfucking uh, Soldier Slim. Absolutely, rest in peace. But that, 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 that was one of my nigga niggas. You know what I mean? When I, when I touched down in Detroit, because him and BG was living in Detroit. Remember that? Yes, sir. Absolutely. So him and BG was living in Detroit. I was out there with the Cheddar Boys when I touched down and we go to the club popping bottles, niggas. So the Slim and BG and that motherfucker, they in there together because they, yeah. they pressing that line. Yeah. That, New, that, yeah. that, that Louisiana line, that LA line. So they in there together. Nigga, the boy Soldier Slim, me always sending me bottles, nigga, like, yeah, I love your shit, nigga, rap a lot, woo, 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 woo. So, recipe to a real one. In the middle of the beast, you know what I mean? In the middle, like, nigga, I always fuck with you, nigga, you a real one, woo, woo, woo. So, yeah, I always had a real connection with, with no limit niggas, regardless of, of what niggas thought it was beef was, you know what I mean? Period. Salute to you, my G, because you, you done been across the board with all my niggas, man. From, from fucking West Coast Mafia to, to, to fucking Strange. You know what I mean? And legendary No Limit, man. You know what I mean? So salute to you, my brother. 
You know what I mean? We definitely gonna get your flowers, my nigga. You feel me? Oh, my mama. And yeah, we gonna tune into your podcast, my nigga. Have a great night, my nigga. Love you, bro. Good shit, my nigga. Yada da. Salute. This been another episode of Smoke a Lot Motherfucker Radio. It's your motherfucking host with the most colado smoke. Yuck, motherfucking mouth with the illish nigga in the fries. Kato Bonia. Oh, my mama. And before we leave, we gotta give them they real vitamins, man. Let's shout out our sponsor for the night, man. Shouts out to the motherfucking spot. Introducing rapper Crush Kratom, the lead brand tearing up the Kratom extract competition with his high quality food grade formula. The Kratom game is popping off and see why for yourself today. It's been medicinally used for hundreds of years in Southeast of Asia. Kratom interacts with the dopamine receptors in your brain to help relieve stress and pain without interrupting your day-to-day activities. Active Kratom users swear by this natural powerhouse to help them thrive through life without having to rely on painkillers, or any other stimulants. Kush Kratom takes pride in offering you top quality Kratom, whether you need it for pain relief or a general mood boost. Rapper Kush Kratom, the only brand that makes you say, yeah! And it's been another night of smoking. Get your Kratom on, bitch! We out this motherfucking Kratom, yada da me! Young Bleed! Kratom on you! Kato on you! Motherfucker, give them their vitamins. Go to Digital Soapbox, brother. Go to motherfucking YouTube, brother. Go to the motherfucking shit and log on. Motherfucking log in. What you gonna do? We're smoking on radio. Okay, smoke on you, brother. Out this bitch, man. Digital Soapbox, that TV. Subscribe to you, motherfucking guy. Bye-bye now. Oh, my mama.